Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. My love tank may not be full, but it's getting there. No, it's not. It's <laughs> a lie. That is 100% a lie. I may have a deviated septum, but I can still smell bullshit a mile away. <laughs> wow. You know what? It's like a bogo. I also have a deviated septum. Do you? From when I, I mean, I could have had it prior because I did, unfortunately, at one point, in my life get assaulted by a homeless gentleman who threw an apple that landed thwack on my nose. So it could have happened from that. But what I think it actually happened from was during COVID when I tripped over a box of chips in the, cause in my hall, we're in the closet right now in my hall. It was just like, um, food, food, supplies, supplies, food, just like boxed Mm gluten-free pasta mm -hmm. and everything. And I tripped over a box lamp. I was carrying a mug, that glass, my computer and something else and I hit each part of it when I landed on the floor. (laughs) I literally I am am literally like substitute act with a cackle and you're good to go and it and it just literally landed on my nose and I went to an ENT a couple times and then I saw him a literal year later and he was like oh yeah you know what I think that that nose might have been broken I was Uh, like I know that sir it looks different and I actually think genuinely it's my karma because I do remember knock on table making a joke about a certain housewife's nose procedure looking like a dick a couple years ago that I said she had like a penis on her face and now I kind of have a dick nose and it's and it's karma I really housewives karma I think it's it 100% is real and also you guys it's Andy's girls Just a couple of deviated septums I'm talking just, about. Now I'm life. racking my mind to think of which housewife has a dick nose. I'm not going to say it. Because then it'll happen it. again. I'm not going to. Here's the You'll thing. You'll immediately fall out of your chair right now. Here's the thing. I am honestly reticent about discussing this, but I'm going to say something that happened, but I genuinely don't like talking about it because it makes me very anxious. But during a recording a couple years ago, I don't even remember when. I had friend of the pod, Ryan Houlihan, on, and we were making some sort of joke about Jill, it, m- meaning well, you know, just like a light-handed, this is a, you know, we have, we have giggles, we got a cackle now and again. And then all of a sudden, moments later, a minute later, all of the electricity in the apartment went out. Oh. And I thought to myself, this has never happened before. I had to do like a full troubleshoot. My super didn't know why it happened. I was the only apartment affected. And then I did a Google later or I saw on Jill's Instagram, however it happened, that it was the anniversary of Bobby dying. And I, I'm not joking. I'm not one of those people. But like, you know, I actually think I genuinely think actually not being one of those people that I am one of those people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes and I really think Bobby's Aaron was like, you fucking dick. I mean, talk about me being a dick. You dick. I'm gonna just remind you that my sweet princess 
does not deserve your bluster. I, I believe mean, that. So now I get nervous. I, I honestly, guys, and I was just checking some tech stuff before we started. I am nervous <laughs> that Robert Zarin is going to Spirits visit us. here, yeah. But I mean, it's just watching. And if there was anybody that could visit you, Bobby Zarin, light of my life. I mm-hmm. mean, one of the best house husbands of all time. Oh, yeah, a mensch. Well, listen, we could talk about that. But um, first, I should probably talk about who the fuck you are oh, since yeah. it's your first time <laughs> in the closet. And then we will dive in. You guys, it's Andy's said for the 18th time and I have a new guest on the people's people's couch except we're in the cloth so you know she is the co-host of the podcast you could do that on television and a WGA writer currently on strike who's can I actually actually this would be a question for you can I name your credits yeah oh yeah I think so you just can't I think SAG. Talk about them. You can't That's promote SAG. them. SAG can't oh, promote. Oh, right. WJ. Yeah. Okay, got it. I can promote. And the show was canceled. So okay, perfect. It doesn't matter. So she is a WJ writer <laughs> currently on strike whose credits include Stephen Colbert presents Tuning Out the News. Woo. Welcome to Andy's Girls, Hannah Wright. Hannah, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, listen, how are we feeling the WGA strike ongoing, SAG-AFTRA ongoing, you yeah. a working writer, a podcaster, a gal about town. Like, how are you feeling just kind of mentally, honestly, spiritually? Yeah. Honestly, it's exhausting. Is it's it? been a long time now. It's I think we're coming up on like day 90 of the strike, Fuck. which, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. And I am like energized and excited by all the solidarity that we see and SAG joining has been great. Um, And and I'm just like bummed out all the time because I want to be working. So it sucks. And it sucks that the people in charge of the industry are so mean. But we're doing what we have to do. So yeah. And you know, AGHQ over here, we stand with the writers, we (laughs) stand with the actors, directors want to do something. Bethany Frankel's forthcoming union. Bethany Frankel's forthcoming (laughs) union, which would would also call attention to Bethany Frankel's business practices as a reality (laughs) TV producer. I know, seriously, her, all of her staff needs to unionize probably. Truly, like when you do a little bit of a dig (laughs) about what people have said about just her work as a producer and you know it's it's tough because I am a recovering Bethany stan I oh, there, me too there and are, sometimes current honestly that's the problem I have complicated feelings I about have her complicated feelings about her because then I see her do shit and I'm like oh god I fucking love this like mm-hmm. there's only one Bethany but also oh there's Bethany but also yeah. there's Bethany I feel like Bethany is similar my stand-up for Bethany is similar to my stand-up for Taylor Swift where I'm like, wow, I, what a compliment to I, Bethany. I just Jesus thought of this right Christ. now because I love them both so much and I think they're both brilliant, but they oversaturate themselves in my life where I'm just like, okay, that's enough of you, please. <laughs> just do you, do you think that Taylor oversaturates herself as Bethany does? I don't see, but you are a In Swifty. a different way, in a different way. How so? Just in that like when she's like big, she's big and she's everywhere, like right now, like being on tour. And this is like probably anti-feminist of me to say because I'm just like she is doing too much and I'm seeing and reading about her all the time every breath she takes on stage there's a pop crave article about it so I totally get that and I hear you here's the where the difference is I think I think a lot of the Swift stuff is Swifty created versus Bethany which is Bethany created. oh absolutely yes so Bethany gets to manufacture her own firestorm and then Mm -hmm. watch the lightning strike and other you know um 
whether words that don't make sense in this conversation <laughs> versus Taylor, who is on tour as well. She should be right. living her best life. And it's people posting as well. They should also yeah. living their best right, life. That's where they're just money like, comes oh, my God, too. she breathes differently here. Let's mm-hmm. write an essay about it, which I actually love because it I seems like the, right because I feel like and I know in saying this out loud that I'm wrong but like the Swifty community overall seems like pretty positive yeah yeah I would say so it's not not toxic really versus you know large aspects of the Bethany community <laughs> really I'm not really akin to the Bethany community well or so I guess am I I don't know <laughs> I think that's where social media comes into play but I I do totally hear you on the oversaturation I just think the with Bethany the Frankels what are they what is their fan base <laughs> I don't know I hope it's not skinny girls though because oh, that would make God, me terribly sad skinny girls. um but I think with the Bethany stuff it's it's a strategic decision i.e her doing these um yeah, I was about to call it telecharges, TikToks, or telecharges. <laughs> I'm very young. I'm very young. I was like her Ticketmaster, <laughs> her Telegrams, her Telegrams, um, her Todd Talkers, whatever it is. Um, TED Talks. I mean, uh, it's gonna be called a Bethany Talk. Oh, the yeah. second she she's gonna do one tomorrow. I think she's in fact living one right now. She's telling us all. Yeah, she is. It's 18 minutes plus a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the Bethany stuff starts with Bethany but I did see that she posted on her social which I'm sure I will be unpacking on Patreon um she posted like not a blooper but a behind the scenes video complicate compilation of how she felt when Jill showed up and like these are the things that you didn't see during the recording and I watched two seconds of it and she was dragging Jill for showing up in sweatpants? No, for for being Jill and saying, I didn't want to do this because I don't want to open the door and I don't want to be best friends with her. And even when we saw each other on the private oh. plane, she asked me for something right after. And that's where the clip ended that I saw that uh, account posted. And I just thought to myself, like, you're dragging this person and the deciding to include it after she came on your podcast. She can't help herself. Bethany can't. Bethany can't like, help herself. Like the thing is, yeah. Jill might not be able to help help herself, but Bethany can't either. And mm-hmm. Jill is the one who's always criticized for that. True. But Bethany is the one who knowingly knows in putting this stuff up, she's not only perpetuating the stereotype of Jill as, you know, who Jill kind of is like the constant we need mm-hmm, to do stuff mm-hmm. and invite invitations and whatever else. Versus Bethany, who knows this is going to contribute to that thing that Jill talks about hating on the podcast. And also, is that how you treat your guests? Right. Right. Like they took one step forward with that podcast and now two steps backwards. And also she puts this up days after the podcast is like number one goes goes viral. Essentially, a lot of people, including myself, are really happy that it happened. But it's like you you guys are in a good position. Yeah. I know the power dynamics are completely unequal because it's constantly about what is Jill going to do to fuck this up or Mm -hmm. how does Jill need to behave so the door stays open but like there's another part of this which is like is Bethany going to be a good friend to Jill but nobody cares about that and by nobody I mean probably Bethany and Jill because they're participating in this power dynamic where Bethany is the one who decides if they're going to be friends and right. how Jill needs to treat her. And it's exactly. not, it's yeah. not equal. Exactly. There were moments in that podcast interview where I was, where I thought Bethany was humbling herself yes, a little bit. Same. And I was like, okay, thank God. Maybe we can move forward here a little bit, but I just, yeah, I don't think that she'll ever be a good friend to Jill. And I love Jill. I dearly love Jill. 
I feel like she's annoying in the way that is endearing to me. Agree. Do you think that Bethany needs to be a good friend to Jill according to Jill? Like we might want there to be some sort of equal playing field here, but Jill might not, which is not honestly a critique of her as much as a quasi evaluation. Yeah, I think Jill might like see that and just roll her eyes and be like, oh, that's Bethany being Bethany. Like, yeah, she's been abused as a friend by her for so long that she probably doesn't want or ask for much, really. And also at a certain point, I mean, and this is often talked about in romantic relationships, but it's applicable, I think, to platonic as well, which is you start a relationship or a dynamic with someone which involves some level of emotional intimacy potentially or maybe not and then there might be a decision as you grow and evolve that you guys are going to change or maybe some level of openness of like you behave in a certain way and you know it makes me I feel a certain way about it and can we kind of reevaluate how we communicate or whatever else there is potential to like kind of evolve who you are how you communicate but ultimately I don't know if it's entirely possible to like change your personality DNA right and I also think if you're in a relationship with someone platonic or romantic do you want to be connected to someone who would like you to change that right right if it's first off unrealistic but also sort of passive aggressive to constantly reference it at the end of the day it's like Jill is who she is like her or don't but make the choice I feel like it's more how I see their relationship. I love this. Now. I'm so into this. I could talk to you about this for eight hours. Oh, oh my God. I know, same. I feel like this, and maybe this is like for my own third party viewer self-protection in their relationship. I have to think about it more like they are like exes, distant exes who are now getting together for the coffee conversation to make sure that they're on a good note if mm. they run into each other in the same circles Mm -hmm. but I don't think they're gonna ever become friends again and I don't think they want to or should really I think Jill really wants to and I actually do think there's a part of Bethany that wants to too I just don't know that she has an understanding that the things she's either mandating or bringing calling attention to or whatever else might not be realistic for a person to Mm -hmm. change or and maybe Right. Isn't on them to change if Bethany's the one who's decided that personality trait is not acceptable. That's true. Like they've they've just grown apart. They've grown into different people who aren't no longer compatible yeah. as friends, really. But I think they'll always have this bond and connection between them and they'll always be able to check in with each other on big events and like be cordial. Maybe hang out. I don't yeah. know. But also now that like neither of them is on a show, it's also kind of like Jill probably wants that a little bit less, I think. I think they, I do think that they're both, Bethany seemingly noting that she's in the driver's seat did actually, and she literally said this at the end of the episode, like I'm open to it, baby steps, whatever else. Right, baby steps. Which is why the bonus clip thing, I need to watch it in full, um, honestly, but the the little that I saw of it, I was like, oh, now I feel like we're taking one step back. But mm-hmm. also if that's Bethany's experience on Bethany's show, which is, you know, mm-hmm. she's seeing cuts of these things because she has a whole fucking like camera crew and God bless her, use that skinny girl cash. Like it, it's... Why shouldn't it arguably be up to her if right. she's the one who feels like she was most harmed in their relationship, then maybe there is something that needs to be done as far as ensuring that 
when she and Jill do something, it's not going to be leaked to the press, as she said in the in the clip that I saw. You know, mm-hmm. there. I think there are a lot of different ways to look at it, but it is kind of interesting because often Housewives, I mean, the very title, focuses on the disillusion of romantic partnerships, mm-hmm, true, but also platonic ones in the ways that these women fight and make up and fight and make up and the thing that is left unsaid sometimes oftentimes but not always is the fact that some of these seemingly many of these breakups happen because of the show but mm-hmm. how do you know when a person's motivations to heal those relationships on camera right. are real right. like does that matter if Tamra and Shannon and Vicky are now getting along and we might love to see it, but does it matter that that might start from an artificial place? Yeah. And that's the thing. No, I think no. Like, I think that, and that's why I feel like because neither of them are on a show anymore with Bethany and Jill, it's less likely that we're going to get a friendship, at least not for a while, mm. versus, yeah, like Shannon and Tamara probably wouldn't have become organically friends again this soon, but whether it came from a place of fake niceties for the show, I do think that they are getting along and rekindling and having a good relationship again. So I think, yeah, the show definitely can play a huge part in destroying friendships, but it Mm. also can play a part in kind of forcing them back together. Like you have to film again, so you have to kind of get to a good place unless you're going to be screaming at each other throughout the season, which they are not, so... It's like they're filming with Tom Sandoval again now. Right. I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out. That, though, I think is a little different because that, no, actually, I, I'm, you might be entirely spot on because I was going to say, you know, those are just the me- mechanics of filming. It's not like people are having healing conversations or chats other than like, I still want you to go fuck yourself. But we actually don't know what's happening during right. filming and they could be having some of those conversations. And how much of that is on them versus Mm -hmm. a producer saying, you're going to go to lunch today with this cast member. His name is Tom. No, the other one. (laughs) And you guys are going to talk about your relationship. Okay, go. And Mm -hmm. you're put into these dynamics. The sand of all of it all, I think, is difficult because there's like genuine or was or still is likely fury from some of his cast members. Mm -hmm. But with, you know, Vicky, Shannon and Tamara, I think a little bit about like the Emily argument, which is saying, you know, you guys are kind of not with all three, but with two, you know, you guys are kind of coming together. Is this organic? Mm-hmm. Um, I could see her. I've seen her say that about, you know, Heather and Tamara specifically. Yeah. But just thinking of of the Trace Amigas as well, the idea of like, you know, this isn't real. You're not being honest about how you feel. but. Another part of that is like, well, maybe there's more honesty in the fact that they just kind of want to move forward because they all have a vested interest in being back on TV and something positive and real can still develop from something that may have, you know, been created at a certain point in a laboratory. Totally. They're co-workers who are putting whatever they can behind them to continue in all of their best interests. Yeah. And I also think like Vicky... Tamara and Shannon know that people like seeing them together and they like seeing them as the Trace Amigas. So they're like, let's just go. Let's just let it go and move forward. I um I watched the end of the, you know, 
new episode. I mm-hmm. watched, in fact, the entire episode. But when <laughs> I was watching the end of the new episode, I had to keep replaying the moment where Shannon is having a conversation at herself uh, with herself by looking at Tamara's face of like, oh, yeah, you're not going to say that thing, right? You are going to say that thing, that specific thing, that thing about John. You cannot say that about our relationship. You are about to say that about, and then storms off and yeah. tells production. She just explicitly told me that she's going to buy her eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. And Tamara's, oh, the eye acting in that was oscar worthy <laughs> it honestly because shannon wasn't wrong and like sh- Tamara was in fact replying with like the little cheshire mm-hmm, grin of mm-hmm. like this is happening i'm doing it on camera and sit tight mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on that it, through the perspective of their relationship only now attempting to get on the right path I mean, Tamra is gonna Tamra, no matter what. I think it was, I guess, I guess she showed a little bit of restraint by not saying whatever she would have said next once she saw like the panic in Shannon's eyes. I think it was shitty of her to bring it up at all, but I think she, her primary interest there was just throwing Heather under the bus. Right. Um, just no matter what that did to Shannon, that was her main concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Tamara is never going to be a good friend to anybody. It's, it's, she's incapable of it, I think. So I think she is a producer in her head first and foremost and is thinking of what's going to be best for the show. And she did it. Someone storming away and going and yelling at production a is a plus TV. Meanwhile, there are housewives who talk about the fact that production can be a part of their family and they are really close with producers. So. Mm-hmm ostensibly couldn't Tamara also become close with the cast even if she's doing some of the heavy lifting of like absolutely fucking with them yeah if she were a better producer I think that's the thing good producing you don't know it's happening really a good reality tv producer is just like being your friend quote unquote while also manipulating you to give the tv that they want to see and Tamara even though she's not even a producer is not doing that well because <laughs> you can see what she's doing. It's all calculated and manipulative. But I think that's a part of her craft. Mm-hmm. Like a part of the way her love language as a housewife and a producer is for everyone to know exactly what she's doing and how strategic it is, knowing she will probably get away with it because right. she's able to argue herself out. Is that a bad job? Even if she uses capital letters, I mean... She's still writing a script that mm-hmm. other people are happy. I mean, trigger warning, but that writing a script that other people are happy to. Um, <laughs> she can't do that. <laughs> she can't do that if she's in a WDA. Um, but she's, you know, she's still writing the script for the franchise. I mean, she landed with a thud and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She found herself in a position where everyone just knows who she is. And I feel like she gets a pass a lot because people just know that that's Tamara and that's what she's going to do. And people don't call her out for it really which I don't understand like I feel like Emily and Gina kind of do yeah they are they certainly are this season yeah I'm I'm loving them this season are you loving them I do I love Emily and Gina a lot and how has that journey been for you did you start from a place of being like these are great additions and I can't say that without laughing (laughs) (laughs) yes like I love this This season. is a perfect <laughs> no the hair, the casita coming up. Oh, yeah. No, you never really. It's hard to like a first season housewife because it's just like you're not my real mom. Like just new any change into the mix is difficult. And especially when they're so different from the cast, you're like, what are they doing? This is she belongs on Real Housewives of New Jersey, if anything, mm. with Gina. But 
I've liked Emily since the beginning. Mm. I think I just I love like a like she's just like the voice of reason and mm-hmm. voice of the audience and calling out when things are stupid and crazy. Um, and then, yeah, I sort of like what her relationship with Gina has become. Um, and I like that they, for whatever reason, are not and have never really been intimidated by the big players, I feel like. You don't think that they have been? Maybe in the past, but okay. now they definitely aren't. Except maybe a little bit with Heather Dubrow for some reason. I feel like Gina kind of is. She seems a little, she's calling like Tamara and Heather out for being ass kissy, but I feel like Gina is still being a little ass kissy to Mm. Heather. Wow. And when it comes to the Tamara of it all, what was your reaction to Tamara coming in and sort of seemingly getting along fine with Heather, but less so Shannon, and now the tables have turned? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was confusing. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, she, maybe she's a little more scared of Heather, and she's obviously not scared of Shannon, and she sort of knows the rankings in a way, and I guess maybe Heather became the de facto queen bee while she was briefly gone, and she sort of knows what she has to do to get back there. So I think I may have felt that way, but in watching the most recent episode, I was like, like, and last week's episode, I just kind of saw, you know, that Tamara's obviously playing the long game and now she's putting all the pieces in play. Like she oh, knew yeah. she needed to heal shit with Shannon to get them back. And also one of the benefits of being close with Shannon and God knows who else is that she is building herself a little army. Like I, <laughs> I thought to myself, it's so odd that Tamara is coming at Shannon when the season started with a lot of frustration and anger. Not to say that's not warranted, but, you know, when Tamara's also saying in press prior to being hired back that Heather is the reason she's not in the cast, that like Mm -hmm. Heather was talking to Andy or whomever else about her podcast not being a, a appropriate fit for someone who's a current housewife and whatever else, that Tamara was, you know, dropping pretty big hints that she had a certain level of frustration with Heather specifically about not currently being employed with Housewives. Mm -hmm. So when she came back and was like, okay with Heather and not with Shannon, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like I genuinely, because I took it on its face. I took it at face value. And that was the mistake. True. Yeah. Because I think now we're seeing that, okay, there are, there's a reason that that happened to sort of get it out of the way. And maybe that's an easier thing to get through than the Heather dynamic, especially because she does come with her um, role in the show, a a certain amount of power. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, you know, she's in a she's in a power position that Tamara's like, yep. And now is where I drop the bomb. Like, and now is where I really get the revenge that I've maybe been thinking of the entire time. She's brilliant. I mean, like, that's what you're saying. So she's when it's thinking like, 10 she's, steps ahead. Well, that's the thing is like with Tamara, it's like you can argue that this is very manufactured. You're not wrong. You could argue that she, you know, writes with magic markers instead of a number two pencil. You wouldn't be wrong. But at the end of the day, it's like she's still creating art. <laughs> you're right. No, yeah. <laughs> It might be too contemporary for the classics, but like <laughs> it's appreciated after its time. It is appreciated, and it's also appreciated <laughs> during its time. And it's like a little bit of Tamara goes a long way. the The problem for Tamara is that she 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 Tamara's so much mm-hmm. that this then can 
then it becomes the thing of like, okay, it's too manufactured or other cast members are too afraid. Right. But maybe this season will be different because as you said, Emily and Gina feel more comfortable or confident and maybe some of their frustration against Heather for like not listening to Gina about Tamara sucking, like maybe some of that will turn around. Right. That was weird. Why? Why do you think Heather was also very like dismissive of their concerns about Tamara? Why was she why is she so like invested in no Tamara is a good friend to me? I think if you're going to piss somebody off and you're Heather or anybody else in the cast, if you have the choice between pissing off Gina and pissing off Tamara, I think most people would choose Gina every time. Yeah. Because, like, a mad Gina, like, what's she going to do? Speak the truth? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I am probably saying I'm taking Tamara at face value because I trust her. It's like, yeah, we both know. we're. This is the invisible ink part of the right, writing script. Right. Oh, like, right. That was so, her saying she takes her at face value was like a wink to the audience. It's like, you know that that's going to unravel at some point, but you still get to look like the good friend by believing what she's saying to you in the moment. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. 
chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And then and when she pulls the rug out, you're the innocent victim. Totally. And also at the end of the day, it's like when you think about the stakes, often the stakes in Housewives, obviously concerning romantic partnerships, which is probably less important than it used to be, um, judging by the way casting has gone about, which I'm into, like mm-hmm. the fact that some people are coming in in relationships or in a, a sort of purgatory state or whatever else that the focus really is on the quote-unquote circle of women, their yeah, friend circle, totally. which I think is right. That's yeah. a solid move. Um, but when you're talking about the stakes of this and the conflict and like I'm pissed off at this person for this and this person for that, the fun of it is talking about whether or not a person is being strategic, noting that you'll never really know. And also, even if they were, Does that mean that the result, which might be a return to trust, like maybe the strategy is talking about all of this stuff on camera and making sure to emote, but that doesn't mean there isn't also genuine upset there. So Mm -hmm. it's like when we start talking about a person's motivations, it's so easy to think that their motivations are only artificial. And you might not be entirely wrong, but there could also be some other stuff there that maybe that artificial seeming person is just unwilling to show you as clearly. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think it was also so crazy of Tamara to bring Jen onto the show as her friend oh my and God, then it. just immediately it. like throw her. Was it crazy or was it a gift to it us? It was amazing. Yeah, it was 
it's been a perfect fit for the show. I love it. But it's like poor Jen, who just has not even had time to like get her like bearings and really like introduce herself to most of these women before having to fight for her life defending her shitty relationship that she knows is problematic I feel like she's given us so much truth in her confessionals where she's Mm -hmm. like yeah it upset me that he did that but like what am I gonna do like it happened I wasn't just like whatever about it but they're just accusing her of being defensive because she doesn't want to talk about it because it's a painful thing that she went through and she's sort of just trying to feel like she feels like she's in a good place with it now Mm -hmm. and doesn't want to go back there and doesn't want to like start things off by being like hi here's me Here's my boyfriend that cheats on me. Let's talk about that now. Here's my boyfriend who doesn't cheat on me, but maybe did something while we were on a break, on a but break. is definitely yeah. not going to cheat on me, but has cheated yes. on literally everyone he's <laughs> ever been with and also sent a friend of ours a dick pic, but it was definitely for intended her. for me. It was definitely <laughs> intended for me. How, why would you think that he sent that dick pic intending it for you? Although H and J. H and J. I know. I thought about that today. They are close to each other. But, but she said that yeah. he sent that while she was sitting right with him, like, as a joke. But then the text of it said, like, miss you so much. So it doesn't, it doesn't really add up there. I missed the part where she said she was sitting right next to him. That literally, yeah, wait a second. she said they were, like, at an airport or something. What? Yeah. Okay, I was- only got to watch the episode one time because I got our recording times wrong. <laughs> so I need to watch that again. I think this was a couple episodes ago. She said that they were at an airport or on an airplane or something, and he was doing it as a joke. Oh, wall next to her. Wall oh, I actually do her. get that. But yeah. then why is he saving pictures of his dick in his camera roll? Or did he take, did he take one that? <laughs> then? Because- also, they said it was limp, which is weird. For a dick I don't here's the thing <laughs> that like some people don't understand and I don't want to speak for all people but like I never want to get a dick pic no. it's, I have never received it and been like oh this is exactly <laughs> yes. what I want to look at right now absolutely don't not. I feel a certain way the way I feel is like I don't want this like also if I'm a like I just don't think it's 50 sexy. year old woman and my boyfriend is sending me a dick pic as a joke of I'm gonna limp dick. reconsider some life choices there I mean it's giving me like limp biscuit like I'm just <laughs> like that's the album that's like circling in my yeah I don't I'm not uh, and also has anybody asked Jen have they done that before right is that like a like, weekly tradition right, if, for they, them? if that's how they sexed because sexting is a thing mm-hmm. if that's how they sex then like god bless if you guys are both getting off on this sure. or willing to do it or whatever else and that's your love language like more power to you it's just that he sent it to a different person right there's no way it was for her what did you make of um when he facetimed her and he was like he made the joke about oh i need your friend's numbers i'm working on a new dick pic to send to them because that kind of i will say it endeared me to him a tiny tiny bit that he was being funny but then that immediately went away in the next sentence where he was like smile you're magical and i was like oh he's a cult leader Yeah, I actually, the way that he, his like dry delivery of that, I was into. I thought that was funny. But what actually took it away from me was when she and her friend, as soon as they got off the phone, were like, he's so nice. He's the best guy. He's such a nice guy. And it's like, is he though? I mean, he could be a good guy, but. And by good, I mean like maybe good for Jen if this is what she wants, but also. It's like the obvious thing that has already been litigated on AG prior. Like, what has he done? 
as far as actual work to show you that he is deserving of your trust. Because if he um, comes in their the, therapy session which, <laughs> with their intuitive healer. Literally, Hello. honestly, it was giving me a little Shannon Bedore where I was yeah. like, this is the person that Shannon and David would have seen. And apologies to the <laughs> leadership weekend they went where she pretended oh, that it was her funeral because that is a photo that I use Post. on Instagram stories every other hour <laughs> of the day. Um, but what the, the <laughs> editing around that appointment was like they just use that woman screaming <laughs> for five minutes straight and then their reactions and just then like just like sitting. a pause yeah I mean we're healed <laughs> they did it it is fascinating to think of the ways that people maybe find things therapeutic I'll, mm-hmm, I'll sure. talk to you but to call something therapy I know like to say that we are in therapy to me denotes the idea that there is a level of qualification for therapeutic work that's based in mm-hmm. psychology, psychology grounded right. with something else. You could have, a, am sure, a homeopathic style version. There are many, many different ways to experience or choose therapy that works for you. In watching that appointment, it did not feel like the ways that when a person hears therapy, that they would envision it being, you know, us communicating to each other and none of that no. having words be at the forefront as opposed to Crystal. But <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you could do both. The question is, is she doing the other one? I don't think so. Because when they mentioned therapy in the group, Tamara was like, you mean her psychic? Right. <laughs> so I think that they sort of know that's that's the extent of what they're working on but also couples therapy like they've been dating for what a few months or are they how has it been longer than that no it's been longer than that okay I mean I yeah I'm also wondering if that kind of thing is being led by him or her because I know she's very yogi energy healing but like it could be led by her of like into that and like like they said that she's like fully changing herself to be with him so maybe I mean I think he's a cult leader (laughs) I think he's making her do all this. He's like, oh, you like yoga? Perfect. Yeah, it's so odd. Any man would go to that and be like, this is stupid. And also, if you were a friend of Jen's, are you able to be honest with Jen that you don't like Ryan? Or is that in Jen's mind only considered being a bad friend? Like, could you, is that seen as a sign of disloyalty to say, I think you deserve more? I think that's, yeah, that's a good question because Shannon sort of brings up a good point where she has like been in that and is maybe as we now know currently in that at the time Mm. and feels like she, someone in that position doesn't want to hear it from the outside if they sort of know it's going on they don't want to disclose or like they don't need someone pointing it out to them and they just need to figure it out for themselves if a guy is shitty your friends telling you he's shitty will only make you double down probably because you're, you're in a defensive already position. so yeah and you're already so invested in it if they had like gone on a few dates and his her friends were like i don't think you should do that then i feel like you're more inclined to listen to your friends. But if you've been with someone for a long time and your friends just start bringing up concerns about him, I feel like you're like, okay, well, you're not being a good friend to me then. And also, what do you do if the person in a relationship that you find yourself concerned with or confused by, what happens if that person is like, I'm good? 
you know, as right. a friend, is your role to just support your friend and say, maybe there's so, a line yeah. here of like, or maybe I can be open to this, but have, you know, a couple feet outside of it of mm-hmm. like, she's still because they're in a relationship and things happen. She potentially should be able to talk to her friends about that. But what if you what do you do if you're that friend? Because if you've already said you think he's a bad guy or mm-hmm. for her, you know, what happens when she's like complaining as everyone does in every relationship on earth? Right. And how does she process that of this person being like, you're right. He does. Suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh my God, Ryan did this thing. And it's like, yeah, he probably did more than that. You know, <laughs> you like, break up with him. <laughs> it, it just feels like there's the communication is deeply mm-hmm. unbalanced, but also potentially a little chaotic in that sense, unless yeah. you're really able to just be like, I'm here for you, but there's not a lot I can contribute here. Right, right. It becomes like a broken record after a while. Right. Like, I've told you how I feel. You choose to continue to be with him and he's still making you feel like this. So it's like one of those relationships where they totally lose themselves in it and then they come back to their friends after. If after their friends are still If they're available. still willing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's like an I told you so situation. Well, also something that I thought was kind of interesting was what I interpreted and I could be completely wrong, but my interpretation of Tamara essentially saying you're lying to me by not telling me if things aren't going well in your relationship with Ryan, which I thought was like... That was a bit selfish of her. It was a little... I just thought it was a little confused. And I didn't love the idea of someone saying things are not all great at home and your response being like, well, you're a shitty friend for not telling me that. So not only are they maybe dealing with some level of embarrassment of whatever's going on behind closed doors, but also you're being shamed for not telling this person. Yeah. No, it's none of anyone's business, frankly. Like, I guess you could argue she chose to be on this show. So then all of her business is our business now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she doesn't have to tell Tamara everything, every step of the way in her relationship, especially knowing Tamara and knowing that she's going to tell everyone everything she says. What's Warren Buffett's annual conference? The Buffett Bonanza? <laughs> I have no idea. The Buffett Buffet. I don't know what it is, but it, it is a little bit like Bravo viewers at a certain point are shareholders <laughs> where it's like we have an investment here. It was like Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. <laughs> Who? Cheeseburgers <laughs> in Paradise are any of these people. The Margaritaville Annual Conference? I'm, ex- there. I'm extremely into a Margaritaville Annual Conference. A friend of mine, his favorite place to, um, one of his favorite hotels, which I think closed in New York City, was like the, the Margaritaville. Square. Yeah, it bankrupt. It went bankrupt. Yeah, and he was trying to get me to go. And I was like, I absolutely, not only will I refuse to go to Times Square, but I'm not stepping foot in that hotel. And then I Googled it. I was like, oh, okay. I oh, I've be, been many be times. Down. It actually <laughs> looked great. Yeah, it looked fun. It's like, really fun. So apologies and may its memory be a blessing because I, I guess it's, it's still around for now. I think they're just like. No cash registers or something? Looking for buyers. Okay, well, I mean, maybe <laughs> anyone's they can, interested. Maybe they can find some in, some in Orange County. But like the idea that at a certain point we feel we have the right. I mean, that's that's the construct and foundation of the Bravo universe is having an opinion right. about these relationships in totally. whatever way. And it would make sense that the people on TV also hopefully have opinions as well, because that's what keeps the mecha- mechanics of the show moving. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, it's like, I don't know what we're actually watching. I know I love it, Mm -hmm. but I don't totally understand 
what we're watching take place with Jen and Tamara, because I don't know that these people are really interested in being friends with each other eight episodes in. Yeah, I don't understand really their friendship either or their friendship with new Heather who's been introduced Heather in this Amin, Heather Amin, who they are Angie Kaying their way into the yes. cast. They are saying, this is like the Heather gay, my friend Angie Kay, my friend Angie Kay, mm-hmm. uh, Whitney Rose at one point, my friend Angie Kay, because <laughs> they were trying so fucking hard to make her part of story. And Heather Amin shows up. She showed up, yeah. And she was ready to show out. Yeah. But Don't- then they're like showing pictures of the three of them being friends. I'm like, how close were these people? Like, were they just like gym friends who hung out a few times or were they besties for years is what I don't understand I would like to know about when Tamara and Heather Amin got close and if it was at a point where they were both shit talking Jen because that can bring two people together yeah when three's a crowd that can literally bring the majority to to a pretty good place if you're both feeling like you want to shit talk this person that's gonna create a bond I bet that's what it was and she was like yeah he just sent me a dick pic look at this which I I mean, we couldn't talk about it enough. And certainly, we've probably talked about it too much. I, I genuinely, hand to whomever, Manolo Blahnik, I really will never know. I, I, don't, I, I actually don't think I have an opinion on it of like what was his intention what do I think happened Mm -hmm. I really don't know because I'm so blinded by the fact that he has cheated on every single person he's ever been in a relationship or dynamic with that I can't all you need to like the dick pic of it all it's like how am I to try to figure out his intentions in sending that when we're talking about his intentions in literally any relationship and it's confirmed that she was the one that he slept with when they were on a break right did that happen too? <laughs> I think so. Oh right? my god! I, this is the problem with me only watching once. <laughs> and I, I think was Tamara said. Remember, she was like, "It's with someone I know." Oh right, 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 right. Well, that would explain why they're no longer close. Yeah. Fuck. I think that's. I think I could be wrong, but okay, I believe I you. I think that that's what happened. That's why we're three episodes a and week. She was at some like, point, "I'll clarify." But then it was so condescending of Heather. I mean, to be like. I just can't be friends with you because I can't justify his behavior and his actions towards you as my friend. Like, you're part of it. But also, I mean, not to argue for Heather Amin, but like, you know, she's like, I, I don't want to, this person sucks. Like, regardless of whatever's happened with, with me and him, or maybe because of that, I understood him at a different perspective and he mm-hmm. sucks and I don't want to be around to watch whatever happens is going to happen because it is going to create a divider with us and I'm not I know myself too much to know that I can't just stand idly by and watch this man manipulate you yeah I mean that that exists too like truly you know that's a thing that happens and it's understandable it's also just you know it is but the way she's approaching it towards Jen is very condescending I think totally oh yeah neither of these women respect Jen I don't think my question is does Jen respect herself Mm. she might I want her to she's an amazing woman I think she has potential I think we will watch her develop into someone that respects herself if she's with us for many years who is she gonna align herself with Taylor maybe Great Taylor, which I love. The friend Taylor of, being here, God yeah. bless. But yeah. like, that's the person. Shannon, you're in maybe, one. maybe the Shannon if the trifecta Tamara, doesn't come back. Maybe. I don't know. They seem to be doing pretty good IRL right now. Oh God, seem to be getting along. I mean, 
Shannon could try to be a mediator. I don't know how that's going to work. I, I'm sorry, but I don't want Vicky back anytime soon. I think it's going to mess with the dynamic. What the dynamic is right now. Like Vicky being like, oh, I don't talk to Emily and Gina. She obviously sees them as so below her. And she sees it all as such a hierarchy. And she's the top. And that was just like exhausting for so many seasons to have to navigate. And I think everyone is hanging out. Everyone is more or less getting along. And everyone sort of feels like they're on somewhat of an equal playing field right now. And I feel like that's what makes it so fun. No one, no one is too big for the show on the cast right now. Okay, but like, meanwhile, what if Vicky is, you know, Oppenheimer, the movie that I still haven't seen yet. <laughs> I haven't I've seen, seen it I've seen the Barbie of <laughs> Barbie Heimer, and I will see Oppenheimer. Same. I'll watch it like on a plane in But a like, year. what if she's the one who's like creating this big, terrible thing? I mean, is that a bad thing to exist in the universe of housewives? Is it bad to have someone bring with them that level of deep destruction deep destruction and negativity might that not be a little bit of a slice of life I feel like that is like the very very thin line that housewives is always trying to toe yes. is when someone is like that it's an amazing television mm-hmm. but then when it gets to a point of of Vicky of Nini of Bethany mm-hmm. of Vanderpump mm-hmm. like it's not fun to watch anymore it's not fun to watch someone that feels like they're above what we're all doing and having fun doing. Yeah. I mean, and yet Vicky obviously wants to be back. Yeah. Could the argument be made that maybe she's just saying these things to pick up where she was last? Where they're like, okay, remember, so when you were last here, you hated these people. Right. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. I probably still hate them <laughs> because I think I should be there and I'm pissed that they're there instead. And maybe it'll take a little woohoo turtle time magic for it could, her yeah it could get there I think she is also saying that because she's like I really truly am not friends with them and don't know them right like she's not pretending that like the cast is all best friends yeah but yeah I mean I can see a world where she comes back and it is fun but I'm scared to mess with what I think is a perfect cast right now yeah, I am so deeply enjoying this cast. Me too. And I am nervous that Heather is going to skadoodle. And apologies to Heather, but like I really do enjoy this tension right now. And yeah. I still think it would be, I would still think they would find their way, but I just need her there to be fucked with. Like, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's like last season she felt unreachable. And now it's like, oh no, she is deeply within reach. Yeah. And that is interesting to me. Can, can we talk about Heather's wetsuit? <laughs> she wears on the slip and slide which honestly <laughs> wasn't the worst idea but looked ridiculous and like she just like she got that for this event or did she happen to already have that and, and it and didn't she seem... knew about the tan she knew that that's why she wanted it was I, for, because of the water the I water was know. orange was i don't know orange I, river she couldn't have been thinking that deeply about it i feel like she must have just been like so my weird little conspiracy theory is that she had some kind of work done and was <gasps> like, I can't show or like mess up or like rub this thing right now. And I don't know what that would be, but mm. I feel like that family's always doing some nipping and tucking. And that was my only, I was like, cause she's hot. Why would she not want to just like be in a ba- a regular bathing suit, even if she doesn't want to like get wet and gross? Um, or I use a floaty. Know. You don't I have to think, touch it. I think Heather's pretty smart. And I don't think that Dr. Dubrow, Terry, would say to her, 
you know what would be a good idea when you're running toward a wet surface, <laughs> you're going to land on real hard, is to do that if you are at any point in some sort of surgical recovery. So maybe the wetsuit will help us with that. I I don't maybe know she that has some lasers or something that just couldn't see direct sunlight. I mean, maybe she was like, I don't want to swim in orange water. And this sounds like child's play. And yeah. Heather Dubrow, as she will constantly tell us, is not a child. Right. So maybe she was like, I'm not going to do this thing. And I would expect her to just not do it at all, honestly. That's what and I thought. That's where I thought we it. were going to. That's yeah. what I thought she was not participating. And then all of a sudden I was like, why is she in a fucking wetsuit? I know. I was like, OK, so she's down to clown, but like in a very serious way. <laughs> But also, if you're doing the slip and slide stuff, a wetsuit actually makes a lot of sense. You don't have to You'd worry about think. any kind of like, not burn, but like, yeah. you know, scraping yourself in the way that you're, if you fly right off of it You'd into the grass. think it would make it super slippy, but then she didn't slip be at all, really. Because I think she needed more water. Mm, yeah, that's true. They kind of turned the water off on her and Shannon. Yeah, poor Shannon. <laughs> Poor Shannon. Poor Shannon. Shannon can never she can't win. Do anything right. Poor Shannon. And the problem with Shannon, and there are so many problems, which is why she's my number one. But the thing with Shannon is there was, to me, obviously some sort of weird darkness under what was going to be revealed about John Jansen. Mm-hmm. Then they broke up. So it was like, ooh, taking the air out of the bubble there in a good way of in watching that episode because it's like, okay, they're no longer together. So any kind of like clutch pearls moment that I would have of like, please protect Shannon, Shannon, Mm -hmm, Shannon, mm -hmm. I'm talking to you, please protect yourself is, is alleviated by the fact that they're no longer dating. So like if he was up to no good or did something that was really, really bad, whatever it was, at least they're no longer together. So I know she's no longer in that situation specific to him, but it's like, guess what guys, IRL, they're hanging out. And she went on Jeff Lewis live and is like, we're hanging out and yeah, wouldn't really answer yeah. if they're sleeping together, but they're spending a lot of time together after taking a significant yeah. total break when they broke up. And it's like, well, well she was, so they're never getting back together. Sure. Which, anybody says that right before getting that's a that's the first step to getting back together is to say <laughs> really? we are never, oh. ever getting back together. Like, I'm devastated. I'm heartbroken for her. I'm super, super sad that and she's I, hanging out with him again. No, or that, that she's they alone? broke up. But the flip side of that is had they not broken up, she still would be with this man. But what did he do? I don't know. I actually don't know that I want to know because if it is very bad, which the way that she reacted to that made me feel like it wasn't good. Right. And they got back together. I wouldn't want to be with her to be. I wouldn't want to be with someone. That's how you know she's my spiritual housewife. <laughs> we are with I would, I am. I am her. She is me. <laughs> we are one together. I wouldn't want her to be with someone who had potentially treated her poorly. Of course. No, I'm heartbroken by all of it, by whatever it is he may have done, which I yes. can't even fa- like. What could it be that I don't want to think about it? it up on I don't want to think about it. I won't. I. But the thing with Shannon is like, even if it's not told next episode where it's like the whole thing is not about what the quote unquote secret is, but the ways that Shannon wants to protect from it being revealed on camera. People are going to ask her that at every watch what happens at the reunion. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a moment where it's like. Heather didn't tell people or she did, but what is it that was said? It's going I, to be a topic of conversation. The minute you say this thing can't be discussed on camera, course, it's all we'll that talk is about. going to be the thing that we all want to talk about the most. I'm just worried because I think they said, Tamara said on Watch What Happens Live last night that they never found out. 
And to this day, they don't know. But maybe they haven't filmed the reunion yet. If Tamara didn't know, then why is she revealing literally anything to... What is she revealing to Shannon if she didn't know? I don't even know. Like that someone that else? Heather was saying that something is going on or that they're on the rocks What's the or thing, something? though? And then if you're Tamara and you really, quote unquote, don't know, which I think is a lie, mm-hmm. why are you giving Cheshire Cat to Shannon Bedore? When right. she's like, are you going to reveal the thing you're not... You know she's winding herself up right. if let's pretend you want to be a friend to her or you really don't know why not be like I don't know all I'm going to say is that have like how much of this is you just kind of like uh, playing chicken right and like I don't even know if she was going to say anything specific in that it sounds like she couldn't or if it was just like Heather's talking about your relationship and says it's bad that makes me it makes me very confused at the idea that she doesn't know because then it's like what are all the stakes of this relationship uh, or of right. this moment rather not relationship but this moment because she's looking at you saying you're not going to tell me and you're doing the thing of intimating that you're about to say like how did you or did you just you just know Shannon enough that she's just going to spiral and that's mm-hmm. where we can direct attention yeah no you're right I bet Tamara was lying <laughs> I mean if to I, me <laughs> if if Tamara how wanted to be friends with Shannon the way to pivot from this is to say I didn't know yeah which right. is, she doesn't want her talking about it. She won't talk about it. Which, again, makes me wonder what it is that was said. And I think if I was Heather, I would be backed into the corner of saying, well, this is what I was. Because how did Tamara know that Heather was potentially gossiping? And like the question of was she revealing information or was she gossiping? Like, what was Heather Dubrow's intention in sharing this information? It's like you sort of have to know what the information is right. to question the delivery. Well, wasn't it just that Emily told Tamara that Heather told Emily whatever it was? And so she was like delivering that news like third hand to Shannon from my understanding. But if I was Tamara, let's pretend that Tamara, this is literally the game of Orange County Telephone. Um, if I was Tamara in that moment trying to tell Shannon in order to drag Heather that Heather was maybe gossiping to Emily about stuff about Shannon and John Jansen. Shannon immediately was like, it has to be about John. Mm-hmm. How, if I was Tamara, how would I know whether or not the information felt gossipy to me? Like in it, unless Emily actually shared with said her what, what it was, was said. Yeah. Then it's an interesting choice of Bravo to not air I, it. I love yet. when they don't. Yeah. Honestly, it's like. Now I'm like, I'm speculating. I'm like, he killed someone. <laughs> I don't think it's something having to do with their relationship. I, I could not figure out what it is, but it just makes me sad that they're now potentially spending time together because I don't typically trust Shannon's taste no, in men from the limited stuff we've seen of John. I didn't watch the COVID season, but it doesn't sound like it was altogether great. It's just living on that boat. I don't know where the no. He was. He had his house. Oh, okay. They went to his house, but it wasn't big enough for them to. Um. Oh, uh, I thought they were saying the boat was his in. house. I don't think so. She I was think like, "I'm was... over at John's for dinner." I think she meant the house that they took the boat to the house, and then there weren't enough bedrooms in the house or oh, something. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I wouldn't surprise me if she was dating somebody. <laughs> no. Well, also, it wasn't a bad boat. I mean, if you're gonna live in a boat, have it be a nice to have nice yeah. boat. Um. I'd prefer that to like a canoe. You know what I'm saying? Like there are levels here. Um, there you go. I don't. Bright side. I know. Bright side. I just I'm it's a it is a very much a to be continued. But 
Orange County is such a light right now. It's just carrying the day for me. But there is another experience happening um, that is a topic of conversation. Apologies to Atlanta and to Kenya's ass for falling. That's what I remember from the last episode. Didn't think it was a bad episode. Didn't really give me a lot. And apologies. Uh, New York. Yes. But Atlanta's just like, they're just having the shittiest trip. And that's that's all it is. Also, it's, a, it's a sign of just enormous disrespect to choose any location that is currently in rainy season. I know. Like, how many times do you have to tell us that you're not investing in production in the way right. that you should be a by random city in Portugal not even like rainy Lisbon right it's like where can we get cheap flights to I mean like bravo <laughs> whatever production company is involved like come on Ugh. okay but New York is yeah sorry New York yes. new New York how are we feeling what's our reaction I'm loving it are you so much yeah and was that a difference in opinion did you think that were you open to loving it prior to the premiere I think I think I was yeah I think I was like a little bit hesitant about the decision when it was first made but as I feel like they did a good job announcing it a while ago and letting us sit with it for Mm -hmm. quite a while before premiering it because now I'm just so like hungry for New York Housewives that I but it is good also it's very good it's a totally different show totally different show and like we know we're getting more content from the OG wives but I don't miss them right now Mm. I'm just enjoying getting to know these new women and I think they're so fun and the casting was so good like I enjoy every single one of them honestly it's nice that the only baggage we're currently carrying is size (laughs) you know what I'm saying like it's not like we have to do like all the drunken yada yada it's like she brought nine bags when she needed two all the fights have been about like cheese food cheese (laughs) and and out putting out food not enough food, caviar being the only food option, which I mean, because it's Housewives, I developed strong opinions about it all as I'm watching. I'm like, I'm I believe that they should have eaten lunch on the way. And it, it was, was their responsibility absolutely. to pull over and yes. get some sandwiches or eat before you come. If you're arriving at a place at around 4 p.m. and then she has dinner plans at for you guys seven. at like six or seven, six or seven yeah. and has like these like. <laughs> These ridiculous caviar people come over and spend way too long assembling a caviar plate for the ladies. I mean, maybe, yes, maybe she could have had more options of food. But to complain outwardly to the host about that, I think, is so rude. Their manners were so bad about everything. Bringing toilet paper to the house. Was a joke. That was not a real thing. I can't imagine someone actually ever doing that. I I feel like that was for TV. I thought it was. Yeah, I think it was for TV. And it was kind of a joke that didn't land for me because of everything else she complained about. I was like, you actually are being a really bad house guest right now. As as are most of them. (laughs) Like Jessel is too. I hear you. I don't disagree. But conversely, if I was Aaron, a part of being a house—I was supposed to say—a part of being a housewife, which is true, she's mm-hmm. a real housewife now. A part of being a host is anticipating your guests' needs, and to not have like a single—not snackable, but like a single <laughs> bag of chips yeah. or pretzels or hummus or like <laughs> baba ganoush or something. Like I, you know, like having. If we're not yeah. going to play the cheese game out, like having other things to eat, right. that's, I mean, that's why it's like consider it the appetizer before the main course, which might also include an app. Like, 
we we don't really want to I, I don't think it's ridiculous to show up what if somebody has an allergy to caviar I don't know if that's a thing but well they did have the phone call on the drive saying what food do you have and she said all I have is caviar and they were like boo but knowing that they should have then stopped at like a McDonald's right. drive through on the way I think like maybe there was a miscommunication she thought they were going to eat first and they then sort of she said if you don't want that stop somewhere basically yeah, and I mean, didn't. information is power, and she <laughs> did share with them information, and they chose to disregard it and then complain. Yes, You're totally yes. right. You're totally right. And I think that there's just, it's everything on top of that. It's that, it's, they're complaining about, like, the rooms, they're complaining about the temperature of the house. It's just, has anyone ever, like, taught you manners, <laughs> these women? Also, regardless of, and this is a big regardless, regardless of whether or not I'm currently filming a reality TV show. To show up at Jean-Georges at Topping Rose and to attempt to take a can of oh, yeah. coconut cream is, first off, it's like a $2, 2 or $3 can of coconut cream. Not you the point. At any bodega, probably. Right. Not the point. The point is you don't take no. items from the kitchen of this like very nice establishment that you know is kind of a big deal in yeah. Southampton like, I was I was feeling wherever, Aaron's wherever like embarrassment in that moment too where she was like haha okay fine but please put it back like, yeah guys, seriously they were just being yeah rowdy I mean if I was you know topping rose I would feel better about that than like catch HQ Yes. You know, it could be worse. Just look (laughs) at last week. Yeah. Why do they bleep that is my question. Like, are they trying to, like, stay on good terms with it as a potential filming location? Or is it just, like, for the lulls? Who was saying this? Someone was saying that maybe the reason that they did it is because if production has any kind of agreement or arrangement with catch... Mm -hmm. The production genuinely wouldn't want to piss off a place where they have gotten approval to film. Correct. There are like X number of places that we can film. And who knows if they were filming that night? Like, we don't actually know. But my guess is that they were. They're probably supposed to. So, the original girl. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really want to piss off? I thought, honestly, until I heard that, which I was like, oh, that's a good point. I really thought it was artistically, like as a joke, they yeah. were bleeping out. But actually, that doesn't make sense. But also, you know, if you're bleeping out a word, like people are going to want to know what it is more. Right. And people are going to figure it out. I mean, it's a lot of science that if you bleep out yeah. catch, we're going to want to know. Right. If they really. Catch. Yeah. They could have like directed around it and been like that restaurant that I didn't want to go to. But saying the name and bleeping it invites so much more curiosity well but you don't want to stop someone in the middle of an argument to be like can you not use that word please that's not great producing well they could have been like can you guys do that again have that conversation again but not mention that would be a great idea if you're dealing with people genuinely yelling at each other i wouldn't interrupt because they also don't know in that moment that it's going to be a big part of i think that's more an editing choice than a yeah directing one that's true although in the moment they were just like giggling about it when they first talked about it yeah I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. It's so strange. It's So I, long time ago, used to work in reality TV as a producer. <gasps> oh, my God. Wait, can you tell us your credits? Yeah, I worked on Teen Mom. 
<laughs> wow, a show I've seen almost never. Really? Yeah, I used to watch it. But I know people it. are obsessed with it. It's like a high schooler I liked or like college I would watch it um I know it more because us magazine articles yeah. are like teen mom blah 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 but exactly. I don't which yeah. I may or may not read honestly <laughs> like I genuinely you skim I, the headlines yeah I really do all, yeah so but but what, my my responsibilities at that show were basically calling locations and begging them like I was an associate producer so all I did was locations like and mommy and me what are you calling everywhere limited to everywhere like what's, restaurants because okay. they were filming with the same girls for like seven years oh wow and they lived in like the same cities for a long time so a okay. lot of the like small town restaurants were like teen mom no don't come back we don't want you guys anymore so it was a very difficult strategic kind of situation having to find so I feel their pain with getting location releases so I really know truly like nothing about team mom so was like a part of the plot that they would like was there arguments happening at these oh, restaurants yeah. why would the restaurant or because All they didn't the want to be branded with team mom I think both I think that like the filming always got crazy it was always fighting and screaming oh and really it was, oh yeah it was a like a housewives-esque oh I don't want show. that it was like yeah I'm good. Farrah I'm, Abraham okay. screaming right. at her mom all the time oh no that was not a great situation yeah Oh, my God. And so and how long did you work on Teen Mom? Honestly, only like six months or so, but it feels like it was so much longer. Shut up. Really? Mm-hmm. It was in 2015. And I think the show's still on the air now. I don't know. It'll never. We would have to we would call places and say uh, we were working for a documentary MTV show <gasps> about like young motherhood. And then someone and they'd be like, is it Teen like, Mom? Third trimester? <laughs> and then it's like, I think we know what this show is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. You to trick them. Oh, my God. A little I, bit. Wow. And with Housewives, do you anticipate that there is that same kind of process of, like, here's the show we're not going to name? Or do you think that they're like, this is for the Real Housewives of New York? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like with, like, a city like New York where they've been filming there forever, mm-hmm. they might just go ahead and say, this is for Real Housewives. Especially because that's, like, they can say, like, it's a very high-rated show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good like publicity for your restaurant and if I was catch do I have a sense of humor about this or am I just pissed I I I bet they don't have a sense of humor about it honestly because I feel like I mean I had never heard of catch before this show (laughs) and now you do and now now all I know about it is that it used to be cool in 2004 and I'd never be caught dead there Oh, my God. But do you know how many people are going to show up to catch now? But the thing is, I don't know that they're going to order a drink. I would just show up, take a photo of myself. Take a picture. Yeah, they don't want that kind of clientele. (laughs) They don't want Bravo. This is a place that sucks. (laughs) We were here. It's like me, like if I were to go to like Sir or like Tom Tom, which I plan to do. I'm going to be in L.A. next week. (gasps) Are you? I mean, I don't know that something about her is going to be open. I know. I really was thinking it would be by the time I'm there, but... I think it's going to be an end of summer thing. God. Because something God about bless. their patio or deck or something had to be like redone. <laughs> Trying to get a permit. <laughs> Truly. I'm like, can we please get that open so we I can know. try those sandwiches? It's going to be, they're going to sell out every day. Absolutely. Five minutes after they open, it's going to be a nightmare for everybody in yeah. line for yeah. months. Yeah, definitely. Like they couldn't sign up for Uber Eats. Like they couldn't be a place that you could get pickup because they would not no. be able to handle it. No, it's going to be a disaster. I mean, in the best possible way. Yeah. But you still want to meet the demand, I'm sure. Right. 
So I'm sure they're preparing for, I mean, it's got to be like. I'm worried for them. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. We're all just learning how difficult it is to open a restaurant by watching Vanderpump Rules. And they have the exact opposite problems that the Toms have. Right, right. Where it's like, like they're too, too on many the ball. people want our, sand- <laughs> our shitty little sandwiches. I don't think they're going to be shitty. That that Caesar or Greek sandwich, whatever the fuck it was, it looked good. It really looked good. That didn't look good to me. I'm it sorry. It didn't. With the little wrapped in the parchment paper, I thought it was so chic. It looked. If the sandwich could be chic. Beautiful. But I trust their consultant not knowing a single thing about her. <laughs> trust her with my life. I would she trust was her also with the my life. Like, the one for pump, I think. or sh- oh, sir. She's no. like worked with them. Hopefully just which... on drinks, though. Hopefully not on the food. I don't know. If she was behind those goat cheese balls, I've heard terrible, terrible things. <laughs> okay, I made the goat cheese balls based on Lisa Vanderpump's recipe that she posted on her blog. I made them for like one of the reunions having a party. And they were so good, but I've never been more like stomach sick, sick in <gasps> my life. Was it from the dairy? I guess it was like, but I eat cheese all the time I eat dairy but it was something about like the combination of like fried oh, and goat God, cheese just it's just that makes cheese. my tummy curdle that makes my tummy curdle I had curdle. many of them <laughs> was and there's no dip right you don't want to there dip. is there is a dip that was disgusting was it was it like sweet? a mango a right? sweet mango That's dip what but I remember hearing about I think either the measurements or something was wrong oh, and it just no I think it that tasted, was me- I think it was t- I think it was yeah. probably measured perfectly I think it's, <laughs> it, it was so never bad. gonna be it was always supposed to be bad <laughs> You have to be really careful with goat cheese and sweet. It can work. Mm-hmm. You do want it to work, but I just don't think mango is the route. It's not the right way. I don't know? think that's how we're going to make magic with mango. It sounded good in theory, but didn't sit well. Wow. Well, speaking of things that do sit well, um, circling back to New York, is there anyone who you feel a certain specific connection with? Either I'm really vibing with this person or I'm absolutely not. So the one that's annoying me is Sai. I feel like really? I liked her in the first episode. And now as personalities come out a bit more, she and I feel like Bryn might when she comes back, yeah. annoy me too. I hear you. I, I love Uba. I think she's such a fun, bright energy. And I hope that she gets into like the fold and causes drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I didn't know that Aaron like donated to Trump before I started watching. Because like taking that information out of my brain, I love her. And I'm trying to sort of just like let that pretend I never heard that. Because I really like her a lot. And I, I like Jessel. I think she's a sweetheart. Mm. And who else is there? Oh, Jenna. Jenna. I like Jenna. She's a weirdo, but I like her. I am really into the Jenna energy of it all. I yeah. think like I think she is going to noting that she was like the big big name for many people. I think her position, like her reality as a housewife is going to grow on me yes. a little bit because yeah. it is a totally different kind of energy than anything I've I think I've experienced on Housewives before, just as a viewer. I know. And I was worried that she wouldn't, that she'd be a little too soft-spoken and shy for this kind of group of women. But I do see the capability in her to be a bitch. Mm. And I think that that will, it's already basically almost coming out. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to see how, how she interacts with like all these alphas. Yeah, I would like to see her be, I would like to see Jenna be a little zero fucks. Because yes. I don't know that we've seen zero fucks Jenna. Not I don't yet, know that no. Gen- zero fucks Jenna would exist on camera. I don't know that she would show that to us, but. Because she's a badass bitch and she could. She is. Yeah. 
destroy these women if she wanted to. But I don't know that she wants to. Right. Yeah. And I don't know that that would work in her favor if if she did. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know that we're in a position where that would even be a realistic option based on like what the limited amount that we've seen so far. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I met her once and she was lovely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was this, it was years ago. This was during the J. Crew era? I think so. It was 2017, so maybe right after. Okay. I didn't know who she was. I was with our friend Megan, and she was like, that's oh, Jenna Lyons. She's oh blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, just like drunk at a party, and she was drunk at a party. Oh my and God. I was like, what do you think of my fashion, <laughs> I think? And she was like, great fashion sense. I love it. And I was literally wearing like an Old Navy like t-shirt dress Yes, we love that energy for you. And Jenna's like, it's so chic. Yeah. And maybe it and was. was like, it could have been. Look at me. Jenna Lyons thinks I'm fashionable. Oh, my God. She I was love great. that. <laughs> Is there a housewife on any franchise, past or present, um, who you feel could be your spiritual housewife, i.e., as Shan is for me, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, Shan is also my fave, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your fave. It can Mm -hmm. just be someone who you connect with, including you see yourself in them or you want to stay away from how they present themselves, but you feel that kind of connection, not all positively. Is there someone? Okay, tell me. Kyle is my spiritual housewife. And over the years, that has led me to love her and hate her. Oh, wow. Because I see so much of myself in her. Wow. And so when she behaves badly, I'm like, oh, I would do that. (laughs) You can't stop. That's an unattractive quality that you're doing right now. But I just think she's very, she's she's that perfect combination of housewife for me that's like supremely watchable. Mm. And I would want to hang out with her. And I feel like that's rare. What's the stuff that gets you wound up? You know, she's just been very like... She's been less likable, I feel like, over the years. I feel like now she's sort of been better. But like in the past, she's just been kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. She's been annoying. And she's been like, she's always stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. But I like that about her. Because she's, she's a housewife. Someone needs doing to. her job. Yeah. Right. And she's also like, she's not a crazy housewife. So I feel like the non-crazy ones kind of have to stir the pot a little bit to like Mm -hmm. earn their keep drama wise so Mm -hmm. I like that she does that but likability is so interesting because like the Q rating is a thing like Mm -hmm. the idea of who do you connect with on housewives so that we know how we're investing our money and how we can grow this thing right and make sure it remains popular or, or a piece of pop culture or whatever else and yet the conversation around likability like the word itself is so it feels so gender specific, but also it that doesn't mean it's not also true that a big part of reality TV, when you're talking about people who are sort of performing the art of being themselves, mm-hmm. likability means something. Likeability, how you're seen in the cast, likability, how the audience reacts to you. But it's it is also a total fucking trap. Like, because yeah. you never want to be so likable or unlikable. You sort of, I would think, want to find your way a little bit in the middle. Right. And I feel like part of that likability is having lots and lots of flaws, but sort of like to, to speak housewives like language, owning yeah. it. Right. And like having a sense of humor about yourself in yeah. a way. Like I feel like the best housewives are the ones that we 
have seen on long journeys over mm-hmm. the years and we've seen them go through so much shit and mm-hmm. like come out the other end like a more evolved person like Luann look at her journey from she's lived nine lives day one to now and I love her now totally and we've sort of like watched Shannon go on such a long journey too and poor sweet Shan <laughs> hashtag pray for oh, Shan she seemed so at peace at the beginning of this season I, I thought I was like she really did it <laughs> She really found it. She's good. She's there. I don't think she's there. We're all on journeys that are, there's no end to them. Right. But also, yeah. the idea of her still struggling is like no, it a benefit. My heart. It's, it's a heartbreaker. It's also a benefit to her staying on the show. There's still That's more true. story to tell. That's very true. And we have to we have to look at it from both of those angles as the audience. Yeah, and it's like, what's winning? Like, like I love you, but I hope your life falls apart. I mean, I wouldn't go that far from your <laughs> sweet chance. Oh no, totally me neither. But, <laughs> but I would say that, like, you know, there. What does it mean to still have story? What does it mean to still find stakes in yeah. your personal life and in relationships? I mean, Kyle, God, what's going to happen? Who what's going to play out on the show there? I cannot wait. Nobody knows. And it's going to be very interesting. And Garcelle made mention of the fact that she and Sutton had some questions about Kyle and Mauricio of course. during of the course season. Of course Dream did. Team. Hashtag Dream Team. <laughs> They're on the case. Crystal, get on board, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that car is currently made for two. Like, oh, Garcelle yeah. and Sutton are just to me personally or just have been killing it for a minute more than a minute so um so that will be something interesting but that's how sometimes that's also how how life happens and the fact that it does happen during production or after production the fact is that it is even occurring is Mm -hmm. these moments in people's lives comes as a shock to the audience and it's like the wait and see of how we unpack this possibly devastating chapter in your life, but also maybe find meaning from it. And the yeah. hope is that you come out of it a stronger person in whatever way that translates for you and for us. I think it's beautiful. I think that life is just like constantly going through changes and relationships coming together, relationships falling apart. And Housewives is just like a reflection of that. And it's heightened and it's like silly, but. Like, it teaches us lessons, too, I think, about, like, rolling with life and just, you know. Yeah, the beauty might be in the lesson. I would guess if you ask Kyle or Mo or anyone who's gone through a separation, they might not say life is beautiful at this moment. They might not see the beauty not. in it. Of course But not. the idea that life is difficult, there is some beauty in that. The realization that we are all inherently at some point or in some form of our lives struggling. There's That's the connectivity. It's like... We can talk about likability, which, you know, is a completely reasonable conversation and, and use of the word, but also the connectivity of it all is really yeah. important too. Like, who are you connecting with? How are you connecting with the ways that we're seeing and watching and reacting to housewives storytelling? Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's like people say, this is manufactured and scripted, whatever. And it's like, no, this is a lot of this stuff is really real. Yeah. A lot of it it's, gets Their back lives. to how we started the episode is how we're going to finish. Like, you can argue the merits of something feeling artificial, but that doesn't mean that's all that's there. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, 
So, you know, to be continued on all that and more. Listen, Hannah Wright, tell the EGs a little bit about your podcast with our friend Mohanad and where they can listen to it and what it's about and where they can follow you on social. And again, shout out to all the striking members (laughs) of WGA and SAG-AFTRA and so much more. So the podcast is called You Could Do That on Television and it's on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And it's about the early days of reality TV, so the 2000s primarily. And in each episode, we sort of revisit a different show from that era. And actually, this past week, we talked about The Swan, which was that show where they gave women extensive plastic surgery and then made them compete (laughs) in a pageant against each other. And guess guess who showed up on that 2004 show as the plastic surgeon? I bet Terry Dubrow. (laughs) Sure was. I think I remember him. Terry Dubrow. He has been on our televisions doing plastic surgery since the beginning of time. Oh my God, I love that. So that was a fun little connective tissue. But yeah, and we have an Instagram that's at you could do that on television. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, which is hanbanans. Oh, that's a good, that's a good handle. <laughs> Thank you. It's two Z's and an underscore. At oh, the end. we're making it real easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't need to. I don't know. Nothing's going on on there. <laughs> but listen to the podcast. <laughs> you could follow me or not. You probably shouldn't. But if you want to, here's how, sort of how I spell it, but in a way that feels like a relay race. Um, <laughs> extremely into that speaking of things i'm extremely into two new episodes this week on the ag patreon talking the carlos king nini interview more about bethany and jill some satchels of gold that i have received and so much more at patreon.com slash andy's girls two dollars a month gets you my love and sass five dollars a month gets you two bonus episodes ten dollars a month gets you four bonus episodes and there's also a premium tier where you can record an episode with yours truly again at patreon.com slash Andy's girls follow me on Instagram and threads at Dame Galley Hannah Wright this episode felt right look at what Aww, I did oh my god adorable thank you for having me oh it's my been god so much fun. thank you for making the schlep in nine million degree heat <laughs> oh my god and for anybody who's in a hot weather area please be safe uh stay inside if you can this weekend and make sure to replenish those electrolytes and go to catch and go to catch <laughs> or maybe don't maybe honestly don't on that note all right guys thanks You'll for bleep that <laughs> we will <laughs> thanks for that and uh listen guys we will talk to you soon okay bye-bye <laughs>